you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Are you ready for a monster roller coaster ride with your brain? If not, bring your butt. Get your butt in here and let's do the podcast, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by today and spending some time with the family, the Chris Voss Show family. The family loves you but doesn't judge you. We're kind of like a giant hug. That's what tuning into the Chris Voss Show is every day. It's like tuning into a giant family hug, a communal family hug not that kind of weird commune though that you go to and you know one of those culty places it's a good family sort of thing so be sure to refer the community hug to your friends family relatives and to tell them to sign up for the chris voss show go to youtube.com for just chris voss goodreads.com for just chris voss over groups on facebook linkedin the big linkedin newsletter the big linkedin group of 122,000 people there follow them as well. Today we have another amazing author and doctor on the show. We've had a couple doctors this week. It's been kind of interesting. We're learning so much about the body. I might I might learn something. I might give up the drinking, the meth, and all that good stuff. Don't don't do meth, people. That's a joke, please. I have all my teeth. I can prove I'm not a at least, you know, some of them. I'm fifty four. Come on. You're starting to lose teeth as it goes. So those of you who still have teeth will enjoy this show. <laughs> He's the author of the newest book, February 1st, 2022, that came out. Dr. Rob Barquette is on the show with us. Junior, I should put in there as well. He's the author of the book, Simple Medicine, No More Google Searches. You can pick it up wherever fine books are sold. And he's going to be talking to us today about his amazing insights and experience. He was born in Mansfield, Ohio. He attended Purdue University on a golf scholarship and played one year of basketball. Wait, he's a doctor? He was a member of the Sigma Chi, Sigma Chi, did I say Chi. that rightly? Chi, okay, make sure I get that right. He attended Thomas Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His proudest moment was being a member of the Hobart Har, or Hare Honor Society. Membership consisted of pre-medical students scored in the top third of the class, and clinical students were both honored in their internal medicine clerkship and scored at least in the top quartile quartile in their internal medicine examination and clearly i went to public school so he performed his residency in internal medicine at riverside methodist hospital in columbus ohio and he joined his father's practice in mansfield ohio since his father's retirement in 2006 he's remained in solo practice and he is the medical director of a nursing home and hospice his board's certified in internal medicine in 1983 and recertified in 2003 and he's married to melissa bradley former miss ohio and first run-up miss america she made him put that in there i'm pretty sure absolutely uh, welcome to the show dr barquette how are you well good thank you so much chris for having me today and i'm a big fan of your show and thank and you to, uh, kind of give a little bit of knowledge from an old veteran in internal medicine to our listeners today and maybe clear up some misconceptions they may have about their own medical care or, like you said, their family's medical care. There you go. Well, you certainly have the experience and breath to take and do it. So what motivated you want to sit down and write this book? 
I think it, it was a kind of a slow process or slow burn over the last few years. A medical director of a hospice and a nursing home, plus getting new patients from other doctors. I really feel the standard of care was not being met, at least in this area. But I'm sure it's just pretty much everywhere, big cities, small cities. I think medical care is now getting watered down and not the nurse practitioners or physician's assistants, but they really don't have the training that MDs and DOs have. And some people don't even get to see their regular physician, or a lot of people don't even have a primary care physician and rely on urgent cares and emergency rooms to get their care usually for the acute situation, but not for long-term care and getting the appropriate vaccinations and cancer screens and uh, medicines they may need on long-term. And then also the way medicine's been changing now, there's so many specialists now, and most of them are now hospital-owned. I'm kind of a rare dinosaur that I'm in solo private practice. And everyone, at least, in, at least in the bigger cities, you know, they have a heart doctor, they have a lung doctor, they have a stomach doctor, you know, they have all joint doctor. And, and there's a lot of times not a lot of communication mm-hmm. anymore amongst the physicians. And I would, I would actually, you know, I, I'd talked to a lot of my colleagues. They felt the same way. The, the, the quality of care has decreased and people are morally just, you know, they're not invested in their patient and they're just kind of doing their job, clocking in and clocking out. So when COVID hit, I felt a little old school and I wanted to talk about the changes since my father was a primary care doctor. And when I was like eight, I started going to the hospital and making rounds with them to get my butt out of the house because I had three sisters and my mom was probably had enough of me. And then I felt there was not one single book out there for the, for the patients. There is no medical reference guide written in layman terms. And I realized when I'm a patient and I go see the doctor and, you know, all of a sudden your mind, my mind starts racing. I'm not even listening, half listening or thinking what the doctor says or maybe explain it. But, you know, I, obviously with my knowledge, I know a little, but I know when I'm talking to patients in the office, I try to give a slow, detailed account of what's going on, what studies mean and try to repeat it. But I know they they know about 30% when they leave the office. So I wanted to write a cliff notes version written for eighth graders on all the most common problems, diagnoses, and standard of care they should have in 2022. There you go. There you go. So my first question to you, doctor, is uh, does this look infected? No, (laughs) that's what I do. Doctors always complain. Like when I go to parties or anywhere else, yeah, you know, people have to show me their wounds. So I always pull that joke. So simple medicine, it chronicalizes the change in primary care medicine over the last 50 years. And when you say no more Google searches, is that, you know, for the people who are always spending their time on, what is it, md.com or whatever it is, they're always, you know, does this, it doesn't seem like, it does seem like something might, might be bad or something like that? <clears throat> Absolutely. I'm, you know, with the advent of every, you know, MD site, when people come into my office, now the ones invested in their own care, they come in telling me their diagnosis and their treatment. And I'm like, hey, you got to back up, (laughs) you know, please tell, you know, you know, you got to, you got to tell me what your symptoms are. And then in my, in really an uh, impetus to this book, I had a educated man. He's a teacher, professor, Mm -hmm. 
and he never really complains. And he called in that morning, needed to be seen immediately. He was dying. He was peeing blood that morning and he was just frazzled. He was red faced, hyperventilating, anxiety, panic. And he was, cause he's has a kidney cancer and he's got about three weeks to live. Oh. So I told him, Hey, you know, just let's run the usual test. The most common things, probably a stone, a nice, or infection, you know, cancer is on the differential. So we ran the, the test and he had a kidney stone and he came in, you know, a couple of days later, quite relieved. And he actually brought me in a big poster and it said, you know, don't confuse my Google search. Don't confuse your Google search with my MD. Uh, and so yeah. that was kind that was finally said, that's it. I'm writing the book. There you go. You know, I think, I guess a lot of people do that. I've heard there's kind of a meme that's going around that if you search on certain sites, you know, whatever, you know, your little hangnail, you know, you pretty much come down that you're dying of cancer and you have like three days to live. If you, if you drill through those websites deep enough or something. Right. And I imagine, is it worse now with people coming in and telling you, the doctor, the diagnosis they've self-diagnosed on the interwebs? Is that because of, you know, like I see all these, you know, all the prescription medication TV ads on TV and they go, ask your doctor about, you know, taking a colon blow or, you know, whatever the hell it is. It's really funny. But, you know, it, is that is that possibly why? Because there's so many of these prescription things, you know, telling people to go tell their doctor what to do. Yeah, I, you know, and, you know, I get that all the time. All I try to say, well, you know, you got to have apple. You know, it's not apples and oranges, you know. Yeah. yeah, you don't even have that problem. So, but thank you for asking. But not since the advent of like Viagra when, you know, every guy in America, every guy in this county was coming in. Doc, I got a problem. You can help me. But uh, since then, I just think it's instant gratification for these patients. They really don't want to spend the money going to an urgent care emergency room or even to me to do co-pays or they're busy, can't get out of their office or their stuff. So they want to search it out. And until they're, they work themselves in a frenzy, you know, then they're kind of, they, they're forced to come in. And I usually am just putting water on the fire in uh, front of me, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to live. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, or not. The, <laughs> to, we have to do jokes on the show. So this is kind of interesting. You talk about how too many patients are over-medicated and not receiving the standard of care. You know, a, a lot of doctors, you know, I've been, this happened to me with telemedicine years ago. Before telemedicine, and I was in Forbes being interviewed over a really bad doctor experience where they had under-medicated me and put me in a situation of uh, of infection that almost uh, caused a bone scrape. In fact, they were trying to get me to go scrape my bone, and really all I just need was some more powerful penicillin. And uh, I was talking about how the you know need for telemedicine, but it's interesting to me whether it's how much doctors actually spend with you anymore. You know, they just zip in the room and they're just like, "Hey, what's going on?" And you're just like, uh, "My arm's missing," and they're like, "Here's a bandaid, tetanus shot. I'm out." And you're just like, do we want to sew it back on or just <laughs> what's going on? See, that's what I like to do with my doctor. I like to just let him figure out what's wrong with me because I figure whatever I think it is probably worse than, than what it is. So when I go in, you know, and I'm missing an arm and he's like, he's like, so what's going on with you? I'm fine, actually. But it's it's like a game. That's it's the fun part about it. And he's like, I think your arm's missing. I'm like, no, no, I don't think that's it. So anyway. 
enough of my jokes. So what sort of basic common things do you cover in the book? How, 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 how much of medicine is simple? You know, it really, you know, I, you know, for a while, I guess for the majority of the time, about 80% of the time for any trained physician, it is, I wouldn't say it's simple, but what you have, we have to know as doctors, common things are common, but what we have to know is the atypical presentation of common problems. So when you look at it that way, which, you know, it's, it, you are still being the detective and you still try not to jump to conclusion because you've seen the same thing over and over, or there's some patients that, you know, they just, you know, it's like the boy who cried woof. You know, you're like, they come in, you're like, oh my God, you know, there's nothing going on here. But I catch myself saying, okay, this is brand new, brand new problem. Go through my checklist, go through my routine. So hopefully, you know, I'm not going to hurt or kill anybody. And then, you know, I think you need a good doctor for those 20% of the times when wow. you realize that you really don't know what's going on. I've learned in my years of practice that I can admit I don't know what's going on. It's hard when you're young to do that. Be humble. I, I've learned to bring a book into the room sometimes. And I just flat out tell them, I'm not as smart as I used to. This isn't common, but I at least can find someone, a specialist who can help me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all my life. Most of my doctor visits have been for either an allergy infection, you know, something in my sinuses. I see really bad sinuses in Utah. And so I get sinus infections from the flus that go around. And, you know, you give me some penicillin and it grows back. Uh, that's what happened with my arm. It grew back just some penicillin, I think, and I think it's vitamin C or something, but you know, it's, it's for the most part, my life's been pretty good other than a hernia here and there, but you know, it's, it's, I think people really freak out too. Like I'm, I known some friends that have wives that they're, they have some toddlers and given, you know, they're moms. So they're really excitable when they're, when their little toddler gets sick, but they'll run to the emergency room. And I'm like, how much does that cost? And he's like, oh, you know, it's a copay with insurance. And I'm like, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure the effect of that is, is helping everyone else on your policy. <laughs> you know, I mean, the emergency room's kind of for the, like, you know, emergencies. Well, you know, she thought the baby was dying and had the, you know, the, the, the cough or whatever the babies do or, you know, so it's good that there's a book like this. So it, it, it can kind of help ease people's minds and, and calm them down, huh? Absolutely. I think, you know, so, you know, the way I wrote the book, it's, you know, chest pain, which is, you know, the one thing, you know, doctors can't miss, you know, they can't be missing unstable angina or heart attacks or pulmonary embolism, some things that can really, you know, dissecting aneurysm that can kill people. But then there's, you know, so I try to explain what those symptoms are, you know, what the key words are and what, you know, the benign words are like, hey, if this chest pain's at rest and it's, you know, you never have it with exertion, I try to like make it real simple, like when they should rush to their doctor, the emergency or where they can, when they can wait. But also the same thing with like acute abdominal pain or chronic abdominal pain or like urinating blood, things that, you know, people really like freak out about. And, you know, headaches and I try to, you know, migraines are most common. And, you know, I tried to go down what the second and third are, but I made everything very, like I said, very simple, fact-based. What are the words I don't like? 
that cause me concern? What are the words that are like, oh man, I can just do this or wait to see my doctor next week or tomorrow. And then I went over a lot of the most common problems I see in primary care. You know, the majority I would say would be diabetes, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, atrial fibrillation, migraine headaches, low back pain, you know, reflux, and try to just, and like, again, with everything, I just made it simple, the three or four most common things. And then I went through the vaccines and what ages people should have, what is the colon, you know, their colon cancer and how is that, what age and how often and your mammograms or pap smears, men and prostate. And, and just so they know, and then with their, and I really think people need to be educated and much more, have much more literacy of their own healthcare, even, even like I said, even their friends or parents so they can help out. And like, just say, cause diabetes is rampant in this country. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting more overweight. Everyone's lackadaisical. And it, you know, I'll see a couple new patients like every month, let alone all my returns. And so I tell them, you know, my, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you right now, I'm not the smartest guy in the world at all, you know, but I like to do at least what, what I believe I keep saying standard of care, what is acceptable across the country? Mm-hmm. You know, you, there are nine ways to skin a cat. Everyone may have their different protocols, but if you stay within the realm of by what I've done, you're, you're not going to be too far off base. Mm-hmm. So for like diabetics, what's the, uh, after diet and exercise, what's the gold standard of the first medicine? And if that doesn't work, what's the second? And if the second doesn't work, what's the third? And I only went into about five. And then what should you be doing every year? Why is, why am I making sure they get an eye exam every year? Why am I checking mm-hmm. their urine for protein every year? Why am I making mm-hmm. sure their A1C, which is their three month blood sugar control is? And why? I'm doing this while well, I'm helping them prevent blindness, heart attacks, strokes, kidney failure, skin problems. And I just wanted to make it so when they, if their doctor's not doing it, they should challenge your doctor because if they're not taking patients, not, you know, interested in taking care of themselves, they just can't always rely on your physician. And you know, I miss things sometimes you're, you, like you said, you're, you're busy. Sometimes maybe I'm not spending enough time, but, or their doctor's not spending enough time because they're, you know, part of a health organization that's making them see so many patients per hour. So you just have to look out for yourself. And I think with a quick two minute read and about anything you have, or one minute read, you can have a lot more education of your disease, what medicines you're on and why your doctor's doing it or why they're not doing it. And then challenge them. There you go. So people could use the book kind of as a second opinion, maybe. Absolutely. My, I, I, there was someone in my family who was hypochondriac and uh, they were kind of, they were really hypochondriac. And when the doctor would tell them there was nothing wrong with them, it was all in their head. They go, I want a second opinion. (laughs) That's a true story actually. But no, this is good. You know, I remember one years ago I was having daily anxiety attacks and I just learned to live with them. I think they put me on some Zoloft and stuff and, and some elephant tranquilizers at the time. And then my business partner went into ER said he was having a heart attack. And I, I remember sitting in the ER booth with him and stuff. And they came back and they go, you don't have an heart attack. Uh, you're, you're just having an anxiety attack. And I'm like, seriously, I have these almost every day and you're in the ER. And I'm just like, well, I just need to lay down for a while. But you know, I mean, you can save some money, save your insurance billings. You know, fortunately now, you know, with Obamacare, you can't get blocked out for prior stuff. 
he ended up suffering from that where he had so many doctor's visits it affected his he had high blood pressure in his family his his family had high blood pressure in their genetics and so they they his whole family had problems with high blood pressure and so he had reached a point this is prior to Obamacare he had reached a point where he was almost uninsurable like they wouldn't insure him anymore because of his previous conditions and stuff so you know it can it makes a difference in you know and plus you know you don't want to spend a lot of time going to the hospital you don't have to so that can be called the difference or you know if you could put it off you know like you mentioned you know blood in your area that's just fridays around here <laughs> so we do that as well but it looks like you cover the whole gambit you cover everything from chest pain which is good to know you know i'm at 54 and so anytime i get like chest pain or like an arm pain or something i'm like let's see which arm is it is it a stroke or is it a heart attack you know i kind of go through that whole checking i'm like is it that burrito that i ate earlier or am <laughs> i having a a full-on cardio collapse. It's kind of interesting. You go through marijuana, alcoholism, obesity, sleep apnea. What do you think about that sleep apnea? There's a lot of people that seem to have that nowadays. I've been told I might have it, but. Well, I have to tell you, since in 1993, I actually finished my residency, and we really didn't know anything about it. I mean, we knew it was probably bad, yeah, you, you, people are snore, you know, they're not getting enough oxygen at night. They're waking up tired. They're not refreshed, but you know, we're like, well, we didn't know what to do with it. We didn't know any, you know, what it was could attribute to, and we didn't really know how to treat it. So I tell all my patients, this is the most revered disease I have seen since 1990. It now, and if, you know, man, if you have an 18 inch neck, it's almost diagnostic, you know, if any of those symptoms, you know, women maybe 16 inches, but any of those symptoms. But now we know it's the most common cause of like atrial fibrillation, really? which is a very common. It pulmonary hypertension, which means stiff lungs, which then can later lead to right heart failure, where your stomach fills up with fluid and your legs get all swollen. And unfortunately, it's very common for sudden death. So, you know, we wow. don't like those sudden deaths. So I am, you know, I'm fatigued. I mean, and, you know, and I just had a young guy who's only in his 30s. And, you know, he fell asleep at the wheel and hit a semi. Luckily, it just pushed him in a creek. And I told him to get a sleep apnea test and he wouldn't do it. And I'm like, well, you think you may want to get that test done? He has two young kids. So it can happen to 30-year-olds. It can happen to 60-year-olds. And I have so much respect for that. And, you know, people, you know, usually when you have those symptoms, yes, you do have to do a sleep study overnight, either with a physician monitoring or now there's a lot of home sleep lab studies. They can just send you the equipment there and your doctor can, well, a specialist in sleep can read the studies and then you get what they call CPAP which is a mm -hmm. big mask where they put it on your face. People think, well, I can't sleep with it. Well, the first night, this oxygen and pressure is keeping the back of your throat open, and you actually get four or five deep hours of deep sleep versus, you know, your oxygen going down to 70% every night. And you wake up like, you know, you can, you know, go play in a Sunday NFL football game. You know, people are like, wow, I think I can, I can use this uh, CPAP. But I tell you what, that sleep apnea is huge right now. 
Yeah. I, it seems like a lot of people have it. I've got friends that are getting the thing and they're always bugging me about it. They're like, they're like, you could die in your sleep. And I'm like, that's actually the best time you want to die, isn't it? There's that. But what else do we need to talk about? Well, I was going to expound on what you were talking sure. about people using the emergency room, emergency care. And they say, oh, it's just a copay. I tell you what, uh, you know, not to badmouth these urgent cares and emergency rooms, but I, you cannot go in there with a hangnail and not get a CAT scan from head to toe, blood work, and, you know, and you say, okay, I got a 25, but now everyone has a high deductible. They have $4,000 deductibles, 5,000, whatever they were, and they're, they're going to go in and their bill is going to be three, $4,000. That's going to hit their deductible right now. If, but if they would really read the book, no, not really, but read the book on some symptoms, or have a relationship with their primary care physician mm-hmm. and they can give them a call and they can treat the same thing for a hundred dollars that you're going to be charged a couple thousand dollars. Wow. Urgent cares. And that's why I just want to, you know, to the day I die, preach that people need to find a physician that they're comfortable with. And that if they have a problem, they can be seen within the next you know, day or two and not weeks down the road, which a lot have. And if that happens, you get a new physician. There you go. And so in the way cost of this medical care is going to go rise and rise over every single year. And we're going to pay higher deductibles, higher co-pays. You, if you would do the primary care prevention. If you would go see your doctor, you get the usual blood works, you get the usual cancer screens. He gets, he or she gets to know you. Your lifespan is going to end. Quality and quantity is going to increase exponentially. That's probably good to have in the book because you can, you can see how bad, you know, you really have it and you can lay down some prevention sort of care as well. Oh yes. And that's primary. That's why they, uh, and the ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It's a, you know, it's just old saying, but it really, and I really, when people, do I have a bad outcomes with my patients? Certainly. But it's real nice when you twist somebody's 54 year old male who doesn't like to get, see their doctor much and you twist their arm to get the colonoscopy and they find a big old polyp where if he waited a year later, you know, that polyp could have turned to cancer. I mean, that's very gratifying. That's true. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those bad people where I don't go see the doctor until it starts being a flesh wound, and then I'm like, well, possible. I'm probably, you know, when I when I can't stop the bleeding anymore, then it's probably like that's oh, probably time to go see. I'll schedule an appointment, and uh, next week or something, I'm sure it'll be fine. I just I just put some penicillin in it. Don't do that, folks. These are jokes. I'm gonna get sued. I did what Chris told me to when I cut off my arm. Oh God. Please don't do it. The attorney said, don't, those are jokes, people. What else do we need to talk about your book and touch on in, in the experience that you have and what you put into the book? Well, I, I think it's, it's nice for, well, my older patients love the first part of the book and that, and that's just the dialogue. That is where I talk about where like my dad's generation before us and how the primary care doctors were kind of the jack of all cr- trades where they did not have a lot of subspecialists and how they did their own ho- emergency room calls or visits. They took care of their patients at the hospital 
And this is a changing world. Uh, my patients still don't understand, and I've not seen them in the hospital since 2006, where they're specialists now. They're called hospitalists, and they just take care of you while you are in the hospital, that patient's in the hospital. And unfortunately, even though I've taken care of that patient 20 years, do you think I get a phone call from that hospital? <laughs> Hell no. I don't get oh. one when they're there. I don't get one when they're leaving. I may get a fax note. There's never the community. So don't expect your physician to know what's going on. The communication with my, me, I keep calling myself the dinosaur and the younger generation. It's light years away. They feel mm -hmm. a fax note days later is, you know, adequate. My generation, it's a phone call. Now we saw each other in the hospital. We talked to each other. We wrote handwritten notes to each other. Now, it's a jumbled for like, again, a sore throat. I am going to get 12 pages of mostly information I know, and I can't even really find out what penicillin they were given or sulfa medicine. It's just, it's really a complete joke. I got 12 pages today on an echocardiogram. I need one paragraph on the results of an echocardiogram, ultrasound to your heart. I get 12 of them. But the, 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 what, the misconception of patients is when they're in the hospital, their primary care doesn't know. And that's just wrong. And that's where there's can be some gaps in patients' care. But at least now Medicare and Medicaid and most insurances, they do mandate that they see their primary care physician within one week if it was serious, within two weeks if it wasn't that serious of a, of a problem in the hospital. And I would just want to urge patients to know that their doctor's not always in the loop but do follow up with that exam because, again, medications, I, I could talk hours on, on medications and the overuse. I know you said you had underuse, but I'm telling you, 90% of the people I ever see have too many medicines. They, the hospital has a formulary. They don't say cholesterol medicine. There's a Lipitor and a Crestor. Well, the hospital, they're on Lipitor, but the hospital doesn't have Lipitor on their formula. They have Crestor. So then they come to my office, they're taking their Lipitor, they're taking their Crestor, and they wonder why their muscles hurt. <laughs> or same with blood pressure meds. I can't believe my blood pressure. I get up, I'm so dizzy or lightheaded. I go, well, you're kind of on two of the same stinking medications. <laughs> you know, we need reconciliation. <laughs> and this happens when I get new patients from other doctors. I don't know if they're wow. older I, or they're in organizations where the same doctor's not seeing them. And it's redundancy in the, in the drug interactions and the side effects. And I tell you what, I like to strip people down when I see them, say, hey, we may have to add these back, but let's just see what you really need. Yeah. I've had oh, friends oh, that have. Geez, Louise. Yeah, I've had friends and, and relatives that have had conflicting and side effects and taking too many stuff. And one, you know, they, for some reason, their doctor never asked them what else they were on. And so. They never, you know, it turns out one side affecting the other and making things worse. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of amazing. Some of the care that's out there these days. Yeah. And so just don't always assume, you know, you're on the right medicine for the right problems. And, you know, and patients, I think instead of Googling should, you know, get this book. They have a, they have a reference guide. Like I said, it's not a medical journal, but it's common sense. I'm a simple guy. I read more than a minute and I may be losing focus, you know, <laughs> so, you know, read it. Everyone says, you know, 
you know, like, hey, I'm a dumb hillbilly here and I understood every word, you know, and I love it, you know, it, it, so it relates to anybody with, that can, you know, that can read and it, it can put them on a path, I think, to improve their overall health. There you go. There you go. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on. Anything more we want to touch on, uh, Dr. Burkett, before you go? No, I think you've been great. And I hope, you know, holidays are coming. And if you care about someone, you should could be a nice little, you know, gift for a birthday or a Christmas or. Uh, great for that worry wart person who's always like, you know, they get a hangnail. I'm like, I'm dying. I've you had know. many a patient give it to their spouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was the other day, I had a week or two ago, I had really weird skin growth. Does this look infected? No, I'm just kidding. I'm doing that again. Call that joke. But I had a really weird skin thing. And it was about like half an inch. It was all raised and looked really kind of like, I'm like, oh, God, cancer of my pinky or something. And I, I thought to myself, God, I wonder if I should have that looked at. And it was all raised up and pissed off. It didn't really hurt, but there was a little bit of itching. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sure that was probably a spider bite because, you know, it's spider season here and they're trying right. to come in the house. And so I, I said, you know, I'm not going to go have that looked at because that's how I roll. And, uh, and now it's gone. And there's a little bit of a skin, there's a skin tab there. So it's still going out. But yeah, it, it, it was a spider bite. And I normally sleep on my side and my hand goes over the edge of the bed usually. So it was probably a spider on the edge of the bed that was like, hey, look, tasty hands. And uh, he decided to, or she, I mean, I don't want to be non-inclusive, but whatever they decided to give me a little bite. And this wasn't too bad. It was just, but it, but I was looking at it going, what the hell do I have cancer? It was all raised up. And, and you know, normally a spider bite, it'll, it'll be kind of centralized. And this was kind of a long thing. And I was like, what the hell's going on there? But I lived. Well, most importantly, I want to give you a consult. You're 54, probably could diet a little, probably yeah. get two and a half hours of exercise a week, get your blood checked once a year, including cholesterol, kidneys, liver, a PSA for prostate cancer, mm -hmm. get a colonoscopy or cologuard for your colon cancer, get huh. your yearly flu shot, and you need a shingles vaccine after 50. So I, I need think to I, get that. I think right then and there, I think... Uh, I want to help at least one person out on this show, and I hope I can start with you, Chris. <laughs> there you go. Well, I have my blood test. CPAP, so you may need that sleep study. Maybe. I, I, I am on a diet. I'm doing intermittent fasting, so that'll be good for you to know. I did do my blood test, and according to it, I still have blood. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see. I'd be a fun. Wouldn't I be a fun patient? To yeah, have? I would like you. <laughs> you're, you're. Uh, I'd, be, I'd help you get a new boat. So <laughs> all the problems I have. But doctor, it was wonderful to have you on. Give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs. No more. Yes, it is uh, simplemedicinebook.com. It's also, like you said, on Amazon or any online bookstore that you look up, and Barnes and Noble, and Pal, and Boom, and Bam, I mean, and very inexpensive, probably it's about $15. And I think it's just something that you may not look, you may look at it once and not look at it for six months or a year, but I think it's just always something, you know, that you can have lying around and a little more common sense than what you'll get on WebMD or the MayoClinic.com and something that those confuse me. So I told you I'm simple. Oh, I need yeah. something that takes, you know, a minute that I can, my focus is gone. 
And plus, you need some simple, common sense, easy, layman terms. That's the best thing there is. And then yep. that way you're not on a website thinking, well, it could be cancer and my heart's going to explode tomorrow. Uh, you know, that's just Wednesdays around here. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Barquette, for coming on. We certainly appreciate it, man. Well, thank you for having me. And it's great meeting you. There you go. Thanks, Monets, for tuning in. Go to YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Order up the book, Simple Medicine, No More Google Searches. Came out February 1st, 2022. And uh, we certainly appreciate you guys spending some time with us. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on future shows. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.